What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to the High Button Podcast. My name is Justin Belanger. Today's episode is brought to you by the Roxbury Urban Dive Bar, located at 1743 Grafton Street, right across from the Scotiabank Center. Make sure to hit up the Roxbury before any event, Moosehead game, whatever the Scotiabank is doing. Remember, they have $5 food all day, every day. You cannot beat those prices anywhere downtown Halifax. The Roxbury also has a DJ seven nights a week. On Sunday, they have a thing called Sin Sundays. That's an industry night. They have $3 well shots, $6 doubles, and $5 pints. Remember, Wednesday night is a 90s night. I love 90s music. I know you do as well. Make sure to get in there, listen to some 90s music. And remember, they have a weekend special, the Boozy Brunch, $5 food, $15 pitchers of Caesar. Get into the Roxbury. Have a great time. All right. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, welcome back to the High Button. My name's Justin. Wherever you are tuning in from, just know that I do truly appreciate it. We have a great episode ahead for you. An old buddy of mine, Ben Clark, we played Junior A together for the Halifax Lions and Metro Marauders. Currently, he is teaching over at J.L. Isley High School, I believe he said. Uh, if I wasn't going to be a podcaster or get into the business that I've gotten into, uh, I've, I, I would have seen myself being a teacher. So I'm excited to talk to Ben, see what he likes about the job, maybe some things he doesn't like about the job. And I'm sure we're going to catch up on some old stories that we have back in the Junior A days, the old Lions and Marauders days. So it should be a good podcast. Hi, Button. You know what comes next. <laughs> All right, Clarky, welcome. Hi, Button. Thanks, buddy. Thanks for having me, man. It's, it's unreal to be here. I, uh, everyone's not that it's unreal, but every time people come the first time, they take a second, they look around because they see it on the camera. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. when they come, they're like, "Oh, so this is what it looks like in real life." Apparently, it has it has a different. Uh, it's uh, yeah, man. Like I I didn't know that. Talking like to the mic. Si- talking like to the mic. Oh, my bad. It's all good. I didn't know it's like the side entrance to the house and yeah, yeah, it's unreal. It's a good setup. It is not it's bad. Good. I like it. I'm gonna start off the bat here because I was told to ask you a question about when you dislocated your shoulder and Nogs had to put <laughs> it back in. So I figured that would be a great story to start it off. Yeah. When I when I told people you were coming on, they're like, all right, bring this up, this up. So yeah, I got some stories in the bank, but I don't know them because yeah, man, when you dislocated your shoulder, I wasn't there. So this was the year before you came. Okay. I was an 18 year old rookie. Um, we were playing against. Campbellton and in uh, Campbellton in uh, in Halifax in the form okay okay and uh anyway we were routing them like one of the one of the few games that year that we were actually winning by like three or four goals or maybe more I think it was like seven two we lost I think our record was like 10 40 that year or something it was bad so we were feeling good right like we're finally like beating a team like by a few goals and uh, I remember during the second period I got smoked like perfectly clean hit like just got drilled and, like, I was kind of pissed off, and, like, I was like, shake it off, man. You guys are winning by five, like, whatever. Uh, and then in the third period, it just kind of turned to a game, like, puck would drop, there's a fight. That would clear up. Puck yeah. would drop, there's a fight. One of those games. And one of those games. And, like, I'm this little 18-year-old, and I want to make a name for myself. And I had a goal and assist. And I was like, you know what, man? You never had a Gordie Howe Hattie. No. I was like, maybe this, maybe this is the time. And, uh, this is the time. And this is so stupid. So two guys jumped on the ice um to take a draw but like the third guy on their line i don't even know who it was he didn't for some reason and i was like screw it man this is my chance to go get a gordial hat trick so i jumped over the boards it wasn't even my turn to go <laughs> and uh i saw the guy who hit me at center his last name was like zethelinski he i can't really remember him a pretty big guy i said hey man you like you want to go like i never really did this before i was like you want to go man and he was just like he didn't say anything which is kind of scared me he just goes 
And I was like, Oh, the last name, like Zick. What did you say? Zethalinski? That's a scary name in itself. I know. I know. <laughs> so, like, he didn't say anything, but he just kind of, like, nodded his head yes. And I was like, All right, man, here we go. It's so, like puck drop. It was like classic. We kind of backed up, dropped the gloves. Here, all the boys, like, banging their sticks on the boards. Yeah. And it lasted, Belly might have lasted five seconds. So, he came in and he was taller than me. And he came in with, like, a huge, like, right. And I kind of moved out of the way. And I grabbed, I grabbed his jersey. And then he went to throw a left punch. So, yeah. like, he first, he th- first he threw his left, sorry. And then he went to throw a right punch. And I tried to grab his arm. Yeah. And he was so much stronger than me that he punched, like, as I was holding on to his jersey. And my arm went back and, like, went behind my head. And it just, like, fell out of place. And I just dropped the ground. Was that the first time you dislocated your shoulder? First time. Yeah. And, at like, it happened so fast. I wasn't sure. I knew I was hurt, but I wasn't sure what it was. Yeah. And the ref came down. He's like, hey, you okay, buddy? You okay? Like, that looked rough. And I was like, yeah, I just, like, I just can't move my left side. And uh, he was like, I think your shoulder's out. So, like, he, he picked me up. <laughs> he picked me up and, like, carried me over or whatever. I'm feeling so much shame. I was like, I just got beat up. Like, fight lasted, like, five seconds. You got the Gordie Howe. Got the, got the Gordie Howe, right? <laughs> but, so, my dad's name is John. Fantastic guy. Best, shout out, John. Best shout out to John Clark. You know, he's, uh, he's a living legend out in Williamswood, Sambro Way. <laughs> But uh, he, I don't, it was so unlike him because he's usually like super relaxed, like super calm guy. And as I was walking like back to the room, I could hear my dad yelling and I didn't know what he was yelling about. Apparently he was yelling at Noggs, Tyler Nogler, who was our coach at the time, because he thought that Noggs sent me out to fight this guy for no apparent reason with two minutes left. And like I hear him yelling, which is like extremely unlike him. I was like, whatever. So Breaker takes me into the room. He takes off my gear. Yeah. And uh, he takes off my top gear. And my shoulder, like, it starts here. But the top of my shoulder was down here. And it was like a shelf. Like, you could see the bone coming out from, like, the shoulder joint. Like, my shoulder joint. And I was like... Did you throw up? Apparently, when you see that, like, No, I'm not up. that bad around that stuff. You didn't throw so up? So I looked at it, and I was just like... Oh my God. And Tony, Tony was uh, on our staff when you were there, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, he yeah. come not to all the games, but yeah. he worked at the hospital. So then it didn't hurt that much at the time, but it freaked me out a little bit. I didn't throw up or anything, but I was like, Tony, can you put it back in? Can you put it back in? He was like, I don't know, man. It's, it's way down there. And I was like, I'll just, I'll bite a towel. I was like, just put it back in. And he was like, I can't, man. You gotta, you're gonna have to go to the hospital. So I was like, okay. And then... I hear like a huge commotion going out in the hallway yeah. and I'm like, what is that? I was like, that's my old man. I was like, breaker run out there. I think that's my dad yelling like in the hallway, which is so like unlike him. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. And anyway, breaker runs out, grabs him and brings him in. And dad didn't really say anything. I didn't really ask about it. I just thought he was upset because I hurt my arm or whatever. Yeah. So I ended up getting taken to the hospital. Like once I was there, like they knocked me out, put it back in. Once I got to the hospital though, that was probably the most painful thing I've ever been through. Like once all the adrenaline went away. Did they give you a needle to numb anything? When I first got there, uh, I was probably in the waiting room for about 20 minutes. And then they brought me to a room and I was in there for another half hour, I'd say. And once I got into that room by myself and no one was there, like the pain was just, and I'm Unbearable. not, the, I'm not the toughest guy in the world. Right. Hey, well, Gordy, how hatch, you know, Gordy, how hatch. So like, gotta give me some credit, but, uh, like I was, I was hurting and a nurse walked by and she was like in sweetest woman in the world. I don't know who she is, but shout out to this nurse. She's like, Oh sweetie, you look really uncomfortable. And I was like, I love those ladies. I was like, yeah, I really am. Like can't even talk. And she goes, here, I'll be right back. And she runs off and she comes back in with this needle. And whatever it was, Belly, it was 
God's gift to the earth. Like she put it in me and like my whole body went numb and I was like happy. Uh, and it was like the best for about five minutes. Well, those are the best five minutes. Yeah, best five <laughs> minutes ever. And then like the pain came back, but it wasn't too long after that. They came, uh, I just remember the girl gave me another shot of something, put me out, put it back in, whatever. So that was finally got my shoulder back in, like set me back up. So I was like, well, this sucks. So I go back home. This one, the story gets gets really gets going so i get home and poppy and bedecky are in my kitchen because poppy and bedecky lived with tyler nogler who was our head coach and he lived just down the road okay. so me that's how me bedecky and poppy became best buddies because we were just always together that first year i didn't know that yeah yeah that's cool yeah we drive to school together and stuff and that's kind of how we became buddies Sick. but wayner and poppy are there and like they knew my parents well so they're just sitting there they're, like having a drink and uh i was like what's going on boys and i got like my arm just like, and Nogs was there. Is this after the game? This like is after the same game. Night. This is the same night, yeah. Okay. So I get home from the hospital. What you know, Poppy and Wayner are there, and Nogs is there. I was like, what is Nogler doing in my house? And Dad walks in, and Tyler's there, and Dad just kind of walks up, and they just stare at each other. And Dad was like, let's hug it out, buddy. And they hugged it out. And I was like, what the hell is going on here? Because like they know each other, but yeah. like I was like, I have no idea what's going on. I was like, Dad, what's going on? He's like, you don't know what happened, do you? And I was like, no. So apparently, remember when I said my old man was yelling yeah. when I was going off the ice? Apparently, he was yelling at Nogs yeah. because he thought he put you out he there. put me on to fight. So he yelled at him or whatever. But then uh, my dad's not an aggressive guy at all. He's big, real big, strong guy, but like doesn't have like an aggressive bone in his body. Then he walked down to the hall and he just came to see me just to see if I was okay. Yeah. Anyway, the game had ended because it was only like 20 seconds left in the game when I fought. Okay. Real smart, right? Real. And uh, <laughs> he just wanted so the Gordy Howe. I just wanted it bad, man. It was my first one, only one to this day. So, you know, what? I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll take it. Um, so, dad came walking down to the dressing room. Yeah. But when he was walking down, Nog's walking up. And Nog's thought, oh my, this guy's coming to fight me. Yeah. So, Nog's charges at dad. Yeah. Nog's, no. yes, Nog's charges at dad, like in the hallway. And dad kind of braces himself, ready to kind of grab him. And Bobby McIsaac saw the whole thing. Jumped in between the two of them. They started barking at each other in the hallway. And then apparently my mom showed out Velvet Clark. <laughs> oh, woman. my God. She ran down and she starts mouth. I don't know. She was like trying to calm my dad down. So Bobby's out there playing like playing babysitter between my old man and Nogs. <laughs> and anyway, yeah. So Nogger thought that dad was coming down to fight him. And so Nogs had to step up for himself. And it was ridiculous. So at the end of the day, this is really Gordy Howe's fault. 110%. If Gordy Howe didn't invent the Gordy Howe hat trick, this, none of this would happen. But so that <laughs> happened, and then it, they broke it up. That's when dad came in, picked me up, went to the hospital. Yeah. And when dad came back into the house, Tyler was there, and they kind of chuckled and they had a man hug about it. That has to be one of the greatest stories going. Isn't that insane? That's hilarious. And like the best thing was, you know, Poppy and Badaki. Yeah. So Poppy's just sitting there, like, I'm pretty sure he was having a beer. And Wayner's like, they're hugging it out, bar. They're hugging it out. Like, he had this big, like, shit eating grin on him. That's who Badaki told me to ask you about the stories, like, to ask him about the time. Yeah. <laughs> so it was, it was a pretty funny story, man. That's I ended up, uh, it was only like five games left in the season. I didn't get to play because I was hurt. But you know what, Belly, at the end of the day, like you said, got the Gordy Howe. You're fine now, right? It's pretty good. Like um, my range of my range of motion's not great uh, because when you're 18, you know you're totally supposed to do physio. Blah blah blah. I didn't do any of that. Once it once it felt okay, I was like, screw it. Yeah. Um, so when we played junior, I don't know if you know this. That's why you always wear that shoulder brace. Yeah. Yeah. So like, yeah, it's it's functional, but it's like 
the range of motion is not very good on him. What a great story. I wish I would have known that back uh, in the wild, day when we played day. together. That's and, hilarious. And then Noggs ended up, funny enough, he only lived kind of down the street anyway, about six or seven minute walk. Yeah. But then he ended up buying a house right across the street. So he just moved closer. Yeah, he just moved closer. <laughs> and uh, so like him, him and my dad were like buddies and they're, they're good now. I bet so. they laugh about that story. Yeah, they do, man. Where do you live at? Where do the parents um, live at? So I grew up in Williamswood where Tanner grew up. Okay. Like kind of out Sambra way, about 15 minutes outside of Halifax, 25 minutes down from the Were you and corner. Tanner buddies growing up? Yeah. Yeah. So me and Manny group played uh, minor hockey growing up. Okay. Yeah. And uh, he went to Harriet's Field School, which is just a little elementary school. But I went to Sambro, which is, you ever been to Crescent Crescent Beach? Yes. So I, my mom's family's from there. Okay. And so my grandmother used to look after me and my sister after school when we were kids. Yeah. So I went to Sambro, Manny went to Harriet's Field, but yeah. for hockey, we we both played for Shabakto. That's cool. Yeah. So and he I was a year that. he was a year younger. So we played together every every second year. That's sick. Yeah. So you heard about the hype of Manny coming up through Shabakto. Oh yeah. Yeah. You were Manny, around it. Manny was the man child. Well, well, did you did you you saw you said that you did listen to the podcast with yeah. his brothers? Whole were you involved in any of that on the back deck? Those back deck games? Okay. So I was only told about it. I played once really quickly. Yeah. We were young, 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 young. Um, but I didn't like I didn't get bashed around by Tristan or Anton. It was more it was more kind of like I was at his house and he's like, Yeah, that's where we play deck hockey and we just kinda stick handle the ball a little bit. Yeah. So I never got into a full on full on game. But yeah, I heard they I heard they were legendary with their I was amazed by what they were telling me. Yeah. Amazed. So Manny played deck hockey and most most kids play up, you know, grow up playing street hockey yeah. or road hockey. Um but the road that I lived on was it was a dirt road. So Okay, just, just like Manny. Same just dirt, like Manny, yeah, yeah, yeah okay. just up the road a little bit though. And uh, so we called it ground hockey because we had to play in our driveways. Yeah. So we never got, we never had, you know, the uh, luxury of yeah, a- the luxury of playing in like a tennis court or on the street or whatever. So we always played street uh, road ho- or ground hockey, sorry, yeah. <laughs> in our like in our uh, driveways and stuff. I bet that helps you with your stick handling at the end. It was of the day. Like the rocks. You, you had gotta like, be able to. Well, you'd have like eight kids playing in a room, you know, in a driveway, not that much bigger, <laughs> bigger in this room, right? Tight quarters. Yeah. And like the kids that I played with now, man, we're still, we're still buddies today. So yeah, yeah, that's sick. So mom and dad, um, we moved to Spryfield when I was heading to grade 12, which okay. is where Nogs lived just in behind Elizabeth Sutherland junior high. Okay. Okay. Pretty close to Spryfield rink. Okay. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, so mom and dad lived there for 10 years, uh, and they actually just moved back to Sambro this past year. Okay. So, yeah, so they're out there. They're super happy to be back. Nice. Yeah, like, it's kind of like when you grow up by the water, it's hard to explain. Like, it's explain, hard, explain it. It's hard getting away from it. Like, when you grow up with it, it's awesome, mm. but it's just a part of you. Like, it's just a part mm. of your life, so you don't think it's anything special or anything like that. Like, I lived at Crystal Crescent Beach in the summertime. This, this is all I did. Yeah. Um, but you kind of take it for granted. Yeah. Uh, because it's just always there. And when I moved to Ontario, um, University of Guelph, uh, I moved there for four years and I was shocked at how not claustrophobic, but like, I felt like I couldn't get away from people and things because there's no body of water to be around. When you're by the water, everything just feels big and open. When you say water, do you mean ocean, ocean or lake? Yes, ocean, like ocean. Okay, yeah. yeah. Lakes are awesome. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But like the ocean, it's just so big and vast and, and awesome. Like yeah. it's, it's, it's hard to kind of explain. And I was shocked at how much I missed the beach and the water and like, just like the quiet. Mm. and uh 
So when I moved out there, uh, it was it was awesome. I loved Guelph. It, it was great. I liked it because it was about an hour outside of Toronto. Okay. It wasn't like stupid, crazy busy. Like Toronto's an awesome city. Mm-hmm. Like I love it for a couple days or a weekend. Yeah. But there's just so much hustle and bustle and I find it's kind of hard to kind of relax and chill. It's the maritime in you. It is, man. Yeah. It's the maritime in me. And I never knew that until until after Leaving. I graduated from Guelph. Yeah. Like it's a thing. And uh, so when I moved back after spending four years there, I'm just so happy to be home. I'm so happy I went there. I met some awesome people, awesome times. Yeah. But uh, it's just, there's a feeling here at home that you just can't get in bigger provinces and bigger cities. And I think you have to be from here to understand that, to be completely honest. I can agree with you when, when you were talking about the water. My parents built a place out in Bridgewater, Pond Hook yep. Lake, like four years ago. It's yep. finally built now. So yep. last summer, we spent a shitload of time there, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yep. Sometimes we'd come home Monday morning, so we'd spend like four days in yep. a row there. And I remember just coming back into the city, not even the city, just Bears Lake up here, driving yeah. in, just feeling claustrophobic with all the cars around me. I know, man. It's and just, crazy. When you get up to the cottage, you're living the lake life, you put your phone down, and you're able to just find your zen in a way just I, like relax it's almost like over said now just through social media and stuff but the word unplugged you know you got to unplug you get away from your phones and yeah you hear it all the time yeah but it's so true man it yeah. really is just kind of living without that extra pressure like s- stimulus yeah. all the time yeah and uh so mom and dad have been living in San Row for about a year now they were renting a house while looking for one to buy okay and it's like right on the water it's a big flat open yard uh me and my dad we bought a boat and my mom i should say so we're all 33.33 percent owners <laughs> in the in the boat it's called the not so bad the not so bad the not so bad it's a great name so it's a kind of shout out from the show letter kenny I don't, I've never seen. You know, oh, you know, I see. I've seen. I've seen yeah. bits of it, but I, I don't know it well enough to know the boat. Yeah. So, uh, so the boat, like the name, not so bad. Like in in the show Letterkenny, if someone asks you, like, "How are you now?" Yeah. You just say, like, "Not." Oh, you know, not so bad. But like when me and Dad bought the boat, we're like, "Hey, what do we get?" Because he's got to name it, right? Of course. And uh, it's just an old. It's probably like twenty five years old. The engine on it's like a little, uh, little ninety Evinrude. It's probably. The engine itself is probably like 15, 16 years old. Yeah. And Belly, she's not an amazing boat, and she's not an excellent boat, but she's not so bad. You're out on the water. You're out on the water. You're doing better than most. Yeah, you doing know? better than most. So, <laughs> and so that's why we call it the not so bad. You know what? We should do an episode this next summer. I'm down. I'll take you guys out to uh, San Rio Island, and we'll we'll hike around the lighthouse, and we'll go to the beach. The high button and the not so bad. The I like high it. button and the not so bad. I like it. Let's do it. Yeah. Do you do fishing out there on the boat? Oh, every I belly. So this is my first. So I teach. I'm teaching now. Yeah. So this past summer was my first real like teacher summer. Okay. And every day I kind of woke up like nine o'clock, whatever. Get up. I go for like a walk. Or I go for a run. Yeah. And then I was like, hmm, you know what? I guess I'll go up to Sambro again. So I go up to Sambro, and then I jump in the boat. And uh, Dad works early. He starts with work at 6. So then he gets home by like 3. He's a real man. He's a real man. He's a real man. Yeah, real He's man. <laughs> uh, so he would, he'd he come home, and I'd get there around 3 o'clock. And uh, we'd go out, and we'd fish for an hour. And we'd do that Monday through Friday every day. And it was awesome. And you know what? You don't get bored of it. You no. really don't. You go to different spots. Like sometimes we go to the beach. Sometimes we go over to Catch Harbor, which is a harbor kind of adjacent to Sambro. Okay. Uh, we tried to take it into town a couple times, but the old not so bad, like the waves in the... <laughs> oh, yeah, because you can take that into the city. Yeah, you can easily you can take go it into the city. The it, doesn't, it doesn't really take that long as long as like the swell's not too bad. Yeah. But each time that we tried, like the swell was pretty bad and like the boat's pretty old and she died a couple times on us, so... Yeah. You tried. Yeah, we tried. What kind of fish are you catching out there? Um, 
at the start, so like at the start of the summer, it's mostly like Pollock. And yeah, there's some, know. there's some, it's the Pollock is kind of like in the States, they call it, uh, what do they call it? Pollock. Blue, blue fin, blue fin something. I can't remember. They call it something in the States, but Pollock, it's kind of like a silvery brown. And they can be this big or they can be this big. They're really? huge, yeah. And they just eat. They're the dumbest fish in the world. The man. dumbest fish. You in just the throw world. your hook out and you're basically going to guarantee catch one. You can catch some codfish out yeah. just off San Rosa. I caught like a big like orange. Dad calls them rock cod. And we whenever I don't even know if you're supposed to, but like whenever we caught a cod, if it was big enough, we'd yeah. take it home, fill it up, free free meal. That's sick. But there's a big thing. Uh, it happens every summer. It's called the mackerel run. I feel like I've heard of this. Yeah, and so there's these type of fish that are called mackerel. They can, they're can they usually about somewhere between about this big, okay. so they're not huge. Um, but billions and billions and billions of them come up, and they come across, right across the Atlantic coast. And you can catch them anywhere at any time in the summer. So like if you're ever down by the Dingle or if you go downtown, people are catching mackerel because they – it's called the mackerel because they run in schools, like these giant schools. So what does that mean, running schools? So like um, – like they're just in groups. Okay. So like a group of fish is called like a run. A run. Okay. Yeah. So, um, or sorry, a group of fish is called a school. And when the school's running, it means like they're traveling together. Okay. 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 And so if we call it when the mackerel are running, it yeah. means like a school of mackerel are coming, kind of swimming right by you. And billions of them at once. Oh, it's great. Well, maybe not billions at once, but billions of them come up the coast together. Okay. And so, but you can get groups of thousands of them easily. Hundreds of thousands of them. So you can cast. Like me and dad went down to the dingle one night and we just had like a single hook and we caught like 60 each. No. Yeah. So, and a lot of fishermen, uh, I come from a fishing background. My mom does. So my uncle's fish and cousin's oh, yeah? fish full-time Sambro. So they, uh, they go mackerel jigging. So they have like these great big giant lines and they got like little hooks with feathers on them and they haul up like eight to 10 fish at a time and they use that for their bait. That's incredible. I yeah. didn't know you came from a fishing background. Yeah. So I was never tough enough to be your fisherman. Uh, I'm not going to lie. Have like, you, has Poppy ever told you some stories about what he does out in Cape Breton? Well, Pop, Poppy's fishing here now with my family. No. Yeah. What a small world. I know, man. So Poppy, like when he first moved here, I like I said, we became good buddies when we were like 18. Yeah. And he was always talking about crabbing and lobstering in Cape Breton. Yeah. I said, Pop, you ever been to Sambro? And he was like, no, bye, no, like, yeah. <laughs> never been down there. I was like, man, you got to come meet my uncles and my, and my cousins because they all fish for a living. That's what they do. And so I brought him down, like, belly, <laughs> like, I'm not kidding. He was like an eight-year-old little kid. Like, we drove down to Sambro, like, I have hundreds of thousands of times. And he's like, Jesus Christ, bye, look at the 60-footers. He's talking about, like, the big boats that were down, like, at the government wharf and stuff. And uh, he just fell in love with it because it was just like home. So I have two uncles that are kind of like local legends at home, I guess. Frankie Rano and uh, and Gussie Rano. So shout out to Uncle Frank and uh, Uncle Gus. But uh, shout out, shout out. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they've been fishing since they were little kids, and they dropped out of school. I think when they were grade eight and nine, they've been doing it. For, it was a little bit different back then too, because yeah. uh, it was you can make a good living on it now, but like back then it was. It was crazy. I love like, the show The Deadliest Catch. It's wild, It, ma- it makes eh? me feel like I'm there. And that's like that's not playing around. Like that's whatever that's the you real see, deal. it's the real deal. Like you can easily fall off boat and die. Like, Dude, well, I was going to say, I don't want to talk about that, but like do you have any stories um, that maybe like your family, maybe like, I don't know, close call, like something that happened, anything like that? I, I, stories like yeah, that Yeah, so awesome. like I don't, I can't tell like high details of it because I've only ever heard like bits and pieces of them like yeah. when I was a kid. Yeah. Um, 
but like my uncle, so whenever a boat's in distress, like they kind of send out like an, an SOS kind of thing. A flare? Yeah. Uh, or a flare. A, or like, it's kind of like a, it's like a call, like a radio call okay, out okay. that goes out to like kilometers around to the closest ships. I'm thinking of the Titanic when they like put those. Red yeah. Things. So that's, that's if, of. yeah, that's yeah. if like the helicopter's coming or the Coast okay. Guard's coming, then okay. they can see it. But uh, many times my uncles have gotten SOS call and like it's, I don't want to call it. Uh, I don't. I don't want to talk it down, but if if you're close and you get an SOS call, you immediately drop your gear and you go help that person. Okay. Like it's like do you know what I mean? So like, everyone SOSs each other. Like if you're yeah, if pretty you're much. Close like you person. just try and, and whoever's closest, you just stop your gear and you just you just go. Like I don't want to say the word etiquette. That was that's what the word I was looking for. Like okay. it's not etiquette, but like as soon as you hear like if someone's an SOS, someone could die, right? Yeah. So like you haul up all your gear and you just steam out as fast as you possibly can to the people who who need it because the coast guard could be. Hours 20 away. minutes away 30. and so my uncles have saved countless people no way yeah and so and yeah so there's been boats that have sank and like they've gone they've had to go out and like you know help people from prevent people from drowning and like bringing people back into the shore like it's are they talkative guys would they come on here would they tell I don't the, know. Would, like, do you like are you allowed to tell those stories or are oh, they yeah, allowed? yeah 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 for sure um i could probably ask them yeah. it'd be a, if you ever had frankie and gassirano on here you'd probably get like millions of views there's okay, well, let's get the them most on. friendly people in the entire world, man. Man, stories like that, I absolutely uh, love. And they have tons of them. So, you know this movie, The Perfect Storm? I do. Uh, well, like, the fishing community, even just, even it's from, like, one country to another, like, fishermen are very tight-knit. Just like, you know, the hockey community, right? Yeah. Like, it's, it's weirdly interwoven, you know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, so my uncle was actually, she, he knew uh, the female skipper, like, on that from that movie in real life. What's a skipper again? Uh, it's kind of like the captain of the boat. Okay. Yeah. So and they, knew the person. Yeah. The so like he, like he met her before and she was the one that called out the SOS signal for the ship that went down. No way. Yeah. So, and like, and they've been out in storms like that. Not like that yeah. particularly, but, uh, they've been out in some really bad storms. They almost got caught up. It's, it's real, man. Like fishermen, they make really good money. And I know it's under scrutiny right now because they're saying people are overfishing and yeah, environmental stuff which, I, which is a whole different uh, can of worms yeah but uh when you fish you earn every penny that you make like it is the hardest work that you can do well if the deadliest catch is a legitimate show yeah. then i absolutely agree with you uh funny so my parents got married young mom was 20 dad was 22 or 23 that's young yeah they're still, are they really, still together oh man happiest couple in the entire world i'm telling like same with my it's, parents they it's got married. insane like it's yeah i don't understand it it's a different generation. Like they, they still love each other. I'm like, is, hey, good for man. you guys. Like I gotta find something like that. It's yeah. tough, but it's awesome. I think it's a little bit tougher now. And I, again, we're getting oh. different like can of worms here. But like, yeah, like finance. So it's tough to get married. It's expensive, and people are traveling a lot more, and people are going to school more. And I find that like there's not nearly as many high school sweethearts because people date for like eight or nine years, but then they don't get engaged and. Yeah, it doesn't really go oh, yeah. any as fast as it could. But like back then, when you get married that young, like you're pretty much in it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, if well, think about it, if you have a commitment relationship, by the time you're 20 years old, think about the things you can do: put your money together, buy a car, Ex- put your oh. money together, buy a house, have a kid. You know, you, you exactly. Can, if you have two people as a force together, one direction, you can do so many other things. Yeah. Oh. So mom and dad are very much happily married. Awesome. Congratulations, um, guys. Velvet and John, I think they, I think they had their 36th wedding anniversary this summer, which is 36. hilarious. Yeah, Dad's 59, Mom's 50. She'll be 57 in what January. Did, what did they do for uh, what's the what's the honeymoon? 
Not honeymoon. Oh, for like uh, anniversary. Anniversary. Thirty fifth. Did they have a big thirty five year? What did they do? Um, I don't think they did a whole lot this year, but they've gone to Boston. I remember they took a trip to Boston there a couple summers ago for their twenty fifth anniversary. And this is like. Hilarious. This is really romantic here. So for their 25th anniversary, when mom and dad hold hands, dad uses his right hand, mom uses her left. Okay. And in Hebrew, they get the word committed on their wrists. Oh, so yeah. like commitment to their marriage. That's it's like when they hold hands. Okay. That's romantic. Right? That's romantic. <laughs> I thought it was actually pretty funny. So they came back and I was like, what is on your wrist? Like, yeah, this was our 25th anniversary present we got together. <laughs> so it's like a, yeah. So it's in Hebrew. So it's like, I can't read it. It's just basically scribbles to me. Yeah. But it, yeah. It could it, mean it something means, else they told the word, you. It, it yeah. could be. <laughs> uh, yeah. And it means the word committed and it's committed to their marriage. My parents got t-shirts made for their 25th year anniversary. That is unreal. And that's they gave that's probably everyone. better than tattoos, man. <laughs> I remember the twenty. We had like a dinner party up here, and it was a Saturday night, so everyone at the dinner was just wearing T-shirts of my mom and dad when they both got <laughs> married. And then I went out to the bar that night, and I just wore the T-shirt. Come like, on, what's on your T? It's my mom and dad, twenty fifth year. Shout out, you got to wear Mr. and Mrs. Belanger. Yeah, of course. Shout out to them. But yeah, that was that was that story. What yeah. were we talking about? I have no idea. You asked if mom and dad are still happily married. Well, you said yeah. And yes. we were talking about fishing. I wanted to tell you a story about not fishing, but Peggy's Cove. Kind yep. of a, not a sad story, but a cool story. Yep. Uh, this one, the Swiss Air plane crashed out there in yep. 1999. Yep. I don't know when it was. Somewhere around there, anyway. My dad, he's a, he's a diver. So he yep. was the first response, response to that really? crash. So he said when he got there, obviously, like flames in the water, bits and pieces of the plane everywhere. He had to dive into the water, grab pieces, grab bodies grab pieces of bodies like he said that Come it was on, the most really. like uh he was still young at the time in his career yeah. but it was a welcoming to what was expected of him and his job and Should then I after can't, that like that i couldn't do that think about that so then he had to go after that he had to go to new orleans f- swim in people's living rooms find people that drowned oh find God, things that you, you don't even want to talk about want to witness yeah. and he said that the the first time when he went to the swiss air crash site yeah. was just a a good understanding of what was prepared for his career. Yeah. So that's, I don't know, any, anything with the water and I just find it fascinating. And you know it's, what, it's man, an interesting funny enough, again, like small world, my, my mom, uh, so she comes from a big family, seven brothers and okay. sisters. Yeah. And one of her sisters is named Norma and she worked in the Coast Guard for okay. years and years. And uh, she was one of the first responders on the Coast Guard boat that went out to. Wow. That went out to that crash. And she and mom, you know, me, we were talking about this not that long ago. Mom said that had a huge effect on her. Oh, like yeah. that oh, yeah. scarred her pretty good. Like I I just can't even imagine like yeah. pulling up on a boat and seeing, you know, people, deceased people. And then you know, there's people who's alive. And well, no, there wasn't anyone that was alive in that. Didn't everyone die? I think everyone died. Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't want to talk about this anymore. Yeah, I know. But anyways, <laughs> you were talking it's like about a that. morbid turn yeah. there, right? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Let's talk about, um, you know, junior, I want to talk about Junior A a bit. Some of the memories yeah. that we have together. Yeah, man. Um, Lions, Marauders, organization changed around a bit, but yep. stuck it through. Um, yep. You know, had a great time. Maybe tell me about some of your favorite memories, maybe from the Lions before yep. I got there. So, uh, funny <laughs> enough, um, I took a kind of a funny path with, with my hockey career. Um, well, it's belly, similar to you, actually, I okay. guess. Uh, I played high school for two years. Could not make a midget triple A team for love nor money. Just couldn't do it. 
And, uh, it's funny how that works. Right? Like a lot. Uh, I'll, I, I won't know. interrupt you, but yeah. Um, so after my second year, high, but you know what, man? Those two years of high school where I played with all my best buddies. Like we're staying at each other's weddings now, stuff like that kind of thing. So it was, it was awesome. Um, and after my second year, I was just like, you know, and I didn't get a call for midget or anything like that after my second year. I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm just going to play high school again. And yeah. if that's the end of my hockey career, well, did you, have, did you have buddies that played major midget and stuff like that? Oh, yeah. Like I, yeah, yeah. Did you care? Did you let it affect oh, you? Oh, man. It, like, it killed me, Belly. Yeah. It actually, like, killed me. Yeah, me my, too. Especially my... So, first year midget, I kind of thought I was going to get cut, but it was, like, one of the first times I still got cut in my life. So, it was pretty, it was pretty tough, but, like, I kind of accepted it and went and played high school and stuff. But, like, after that, like, I grew a little bit taller between 10 and 11. I felt like I got a little bit better. And I went out for all three teams, paid for all three... Um, I felt like I did pretty good. You do have great parents. Paid right? For all, paid for all three. Oh, wow. and mom and dad are so, so like, so the first year, same thing. I cut from all three. Yeah. Like I tried it for every, every freaking team. Yeah. Got cut from all three. Went out the second year. Uh, I got cut from, who did I get cut from? Subways and McCain's at the time. Okay. And then, but the McDonald's made the first cut. So I was like, this is a year, man. I'm doing it. And then got cut again. So I was like, ah, <laughs> oh, well, you know what, man, I'm, Heading to grade 11, I'll play high school again, and then I'll just play high school again after that. So anyway, after my second year of high school, um, just kind of made the decision, I'm going to play high school again. I'm not going to bother paying money to go for a mid-triple-A. And then on uh, on the – was I can't be on the radio. I must, I must have saw it online, but I heard there was tryouts for the Wolverines, that the Wolverines were the junior A team here. They had open tryouts? No, that's the that's the hilarious thing about it. I just – I think it was in the paper. I read in the paper that the Wolverines set to have rookie camp – and the next upcoming weekend and i was like man it would be cool to go out and do that uh so i just kind of sat there i was like you know what screw it maybe I'm, maybe i'll t- i don't know if it's open tryouts or not but like I'll, I'll call the gm so i went on the website found the gm's uh email i ended up emailing him uh said like hey i'm ben clark like these are my stats i played high school i just wonder if i could try out for your team blah 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 and then from the email, he asked me to call him. So I ended up calling him. And honestly, Belly, like, on, like <laughs> in the phone conversation, he was like, Ben, I'm going to be honest. Like, I've never seen you play before. I don't even know if you're good enough to come to camp. He's like, but I know your high school coach, Mike Ritzy. <laughs> so I'm sitting there, and I'm basically being told, not, not that I'm good enough to make the team. You may not even be good enough to try out. So I was like, oh, well, I guess that's kind of fair. Who is, who is the GM? Oh, his name was Jack something, I think. He was, you know, the year they had that huge brawl. Yeah. He, it was that, it was that year. Okay. Well, I like the guy already. Yeah. What an answer. Right? So, uh, <laughs> so he's like, but like you say, you play for JL. Like I know your coach, Mike Ritzy. I'm going to call him. And if he says you're good enough to try out, then I'll call you back. So ended up, I apparently called Mike and then he ended up calling me back. He said, yeah, Ben, you know what? Talk to Mike. Come to tryouts their next weekend. I was like, all right, like here we go. So I show up and, uh, Pretty much pissed myself when I walked in the rink because everyone's wearing the half visors. I went out and bought one though. I was prepared. <laughs> I was prepared because like I'm sitting there. I'm sitting there like two days before the tryout. Dad's like, "But you're not gonna go out there in your cage, are you?" I was like, no, "Man, I gotta go buy a visor. This is the real deal." Breaker's not gonna give you one. No, man. you know, you know, I'm not gonna get one. Some little high school rookie walking in. So I walk in the first. Like there was a ton of guys. There was uh, two full teams worth, yeah. so probably forty guys, and they were doing their wow. practice first. Um, so I walk in, everyone's got the visors on and I'm, I'm so nervous. I can barely even talk. So I go out, skate and we end up skating for that whole weekend. Mike and Andrew Roski were there. 
Uh, who else was? It? I can't even remember. Like, was Shane? No, Shane Robar wasn't there. There's a guy named Matt Page. Did you play against him in? I don't Midget? know. You might have. You might have just missed him. And there was like a few other guys. Honestly, it's so long ago. I can barely remember. And uh, <laughs> I ended up ma- uh, making it through rookie camp to main camp. So I was like, "All right, let's go." Like we're yeah. not doing too bad. Uh, then we went up and played. Um, uh, an exhibition game up in Annie Ganesh it was my first ever junior game. We ended up losing, uh, and <laughs> this was awesome. So you could have six fights per like per game in uh, exhibition. Okay. So back then it was I can't remember who was coaching. I think it was Timmy Boyce, Peter Memercat, and like we had Luke. A, we had a few, yeah I yeah. think Luke was there. Yeah. And uh, they like we had a few tough guys. So he was like, all right, boys, let's go out and like you know let's rough it up a little bit. And I'm I'm like not a chance. <laughs> like I'm not fine. I'm gonna get the piss knocked out of me. So we went out. Got we had six fights in like the first period. It was ridiculous. <laughs> and so the refs came over to our bench, and we had no money to help X Wolverines. And he goes, all right, guys, like if there's another fight, the the team who starts it. You know, uh, the team will be fined. So I remember in between the second and third intermission, <laughs> Timmy walks oh in. God. Timmy and uh, Peter walk in. Like, boys, all right, we had our fights. If anyone fights again, we get fined and we can't afford it. So if you fight again, you're cut. <laughs> Literally threaten the whole room that if you fight again, that we're cut. Oh, it was awesome. Who so, said that, Timmy? I, I can't remember if it was Timmy. I think it might have been Peter. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> so no fights. We ended up playing. It was awesome. Um, I think Matt Anthony was there as well. Okay. So Matt played, and uh, then we had another full week of tryouts or practice. I this guess. is the main camp you're talking about. This is the about, main right? camp, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, I got cut the last day before regular season, and I ended up being affiliate that year. That's so you took initiative essentially, saw an yeah. ad in the paper, sent an email, got a call, yeah. made it through rookie camp, and then made it all the way to the final cut. Yeah. That's pretty cool. And then I was. Uh, and then I was an affiliate that year. And then Timmy told me, he was like, Ben, I don't want you playing high school. I want you playing midget. I was like, well, I didn't get a call, Tim. I don't know who I can play for. He's like, Tyler Nogler, is lo- it, he coaches down so sure. Yeah. He's looking for another guy, I think. That or go play junior B out in East Hance. So I was like, I don't want to drive all the way out to so sure or whatever. Like I thought about it, but, and it's a lot of money and stuff. Yeah. Um, but I was like, you know what? I, think it'd be, I might as well play junior if I have the opportunity to play junior. Of course. So then I went out and I ended up trying out for the East Hance Junior B Penguins. Yeah. And Matt Anthony was, I was gonna there. I was going to say. Uh, and who else was there? Me and Matt, I think, might have been the youngest guy. There's, there's a guy named Randy Gilbert who was my age as well. Yeah. I think we're the three youngest guys. I hear great things about that organization out in East Hance. It was amazing. Things. Great I loved things, it. yeah? I, like, it helped improve my game so much being with those guys. Yeah. And just... It's. I think it's a hidden gem. Our junior B league. Doodley won't shut up about it. He just it's, talks about it all day. It Loves was awesome. It. So this is the probably the year before Doodley. Yeah. Played. Okay. And uh, so I ended up making East Hans, and I played junior B for yeah. my grade twelve year, and I absolutely I loved it. Yeah. It was awesome. It just kind of, it just kind of prepared me like heading into junior for the next year way yeah. more than you know high school would have mm. for sure. So I played out there. Uh, I loved it. Brad Ross played out there yeah, as yeah, well. Yeah, Kyle yeah. Ross played out there. Um, and it was awesome, man. I loved it. So then after that year ended, uh, I ended up, I ran into Tim. Did I run into him at a bar? I think I might have ran into him. At, I did. I Sounds about in, right. <laughs> I ran into him at a bar. And uh, it was one of his old, uh, one of his old players, 20th birthday. Matt Snow is his name. And I Tim, know that name. Timmy was there. He played for Bridgewater when me and you yeah, played. Yeah, okay, I know. He's a big guy? Big guy? Uh, he wasn't tall, but he was thick. Yeah, like, thick, big, okay. strong, like, muscular guy. Yeah. And uh, I said, Timmy, like, do you think I can come try out again kind of thing? Like, I played one game with them, 
with the Wolverines that year. Okay. And he was like, yeah, man. Like, so what will happen? Like, he kind of said, like, there's not that many people that really know about you. Like, you're 17, played junior B. So we probably won't draft you, but we'll put you on a productive list after the draft. Yeah. And uh, do you think that would have happened if you didn't see him at the bar? Because well, it because if if you think no, that's amazing that the I first know. time was through a, a newspaper ad and the second time was running into Timmy Boyce at a bar. And this <laughs> and now listen to this, it gets completely flipped on its head. So Timmy, so that that year the Wolverines moved to Bridgewater, and Annie Ganish moved to Halifax. So technically, oh. I thought Bridgewater was just gonna have my rights, put me on the protective yeah, list. Yeah, yeah. And um, Harlan Hayes, who was an assistant coach for the junior B team, yeah. got talking to Tyler Nogler, who got hired to coach the junior A team, the Halifax Lions, that were being brought back in from Anaganish. I remember this happening. And uh, Hayes, Harlan, called for me, called Tyler for me. <clears throat> Great guy, showed Harlan Hayes. Um, called for me. He was like, hey, Ben, do you remember Ben Clark? Because uh, I actually played for a spring team for Nogs when I was like 12 or something. Like the... <laughs> Huskies, Halifax Huskies. I or remember something. they had nice jerseys. Wick, I should have brought that. I actually yeah. still have <laughs> I it. Should have brought that. Um, so he actually ended up calling for me, and uh, Nog's like, "Okay, like if you say you can play, like I'll draft him." And I didn't know any of this happened, so I was at the gym working. I was a little scrawny, seventeen-year-old, so I was at the gym in Chocolate Lake, and uh, my buddy Chris Ivanko, who played for Truro. Yeah, I know Chris. Uh, Chris messaged me. He was actually at the draft. He was like the Truro representative. Where was the draft? <laughs> like it was in Amherst. Sounds about right. I can't remember. And then he messaged me. He's like, congrats, buddy. You just got trapped in the eighth round to the Halifax Lions. <laughs> and I was, honestly, Belly, it was as if I got drafted in the NHL. Really? It was. That's man. how you felt. I was so happy. I just like, I don't even know if I finished my work. I like jumped in the car, drove over, told mom and dad. That's awesome, Clarky. Yeah. And that's, that's how awesome. It, that's how it started. Then I went to camp, uh, played that first year, met Poppy and Badecki and Chad Locke. And uh, who else played on that team? I'm trying to think of like who would have played with you. It was well, I remember I played with the Max, and we we had practice uh, right before you guys had a game. So after mm-hmm. our practice, we just come and watch you guys play at the yeah. form with the Lions. Yeah, and there was a bunch like I feel like there was a bunch of names that year. I I just couldn't remember. I remember well, Sab played. Sab played for a bit there. Sab was he there? All, he was there all year. Yeah, he, yeah. We had about a thousand guys that year, kind of run in and through. And like I'm a gonna, thousand. I'm going to tell you right now when you say a thousand. Um, you guys had fans that year. You guys had we some, did have like, some fans. You had some actually. fans that year. It was hilarious because it was the first. It was like uh, the Halifax Lions were like a pretty good junior A team like back in the day. The I think, I think like like sixties. Oh, there, there was an actual team called. Yeah, the Lions. there was an actual team called the Halifax Lions, oh, and I'm pretty sure that. Breaker was still like no. one of the trainers. No way. for the Lions. I think so, man. That's he, another guy. He was there for to. almost like forty years. But and yeah, you guys had fans. I remember coming over from practice, and yeah. you guys, you know, and we were belly. We were so bad. It was I know. awesome. I know. But yeah, you had fans. Yeah, it, we, we did, and it was it was an awesome year though. Like just getting and man, so me, it was like me, Manny, uh, Poppy, Badecki. We were the younger guys. There was Cook. Cook was there. A guy named Cookie. Uh, Cookie no. played. He came toward like the very end. Very end of our first year. Yeah, a bunch yeah. of players came through. And then the next year is when you came and Troy coached us. Yeah. Yeah. And that first year was <laughs> it was a it was a pretty rough year. We had a lot of like seven one losses, eight one losses. Yeah. Well, funny enough, so Robbie Verker, yeah, who was our captain. Great leader. Best, shout out to Robbie. Shout out Robbie, man. Fantastic. Might be the best is he the best looking guy you've ever laid out? He's probably he's a stunner. He's uh him and Manny. 
Yeah. I look at Manny. I was like, Jesus. Those two guys walk in a bar. They're already there for two minutes. R- Everyone knows. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Um, so my first ever junior fight yeah. was against Robbie Vereker. Man, you're picking the wrong he fights, man. Absolutely. <laughs> or, yeah, he was my first ever fight that year. And he, <laughs> Bailey, he killed me. He killed me. So it was a funny story. We played the week before in the form. Yeah. And we sucked, obviously. Yeah. They're crushing us like 7-1. And, uh, you know, like, I'm not an aggressive player. Like, I don't really hit that much. Nope. Like, don't nope. fight that much. Like, very little. And I just missed time I hit. I meant to rub out a guy at the boards. Yeah. And I just missed him. And my shoulder hit his jaw. And, like, he went down, like, hard. He was concussed. <laughs> and uh, and Miramichi had a tough, 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 tough hockey team that year. Is that where he was before That's us? That's where he was. Because he's yeah. from Miramichi, I think. I got a story Robbie. for you when you're done this. Okay. okay. So, uh, and their team was, like, losing, like, losing their mind. Their coaches losing their mind. Yeah. Like, I had a bunch of guys ask me to fight that game. We were losing, like, 7-1. I was like, screw it, man. I'm not fighting. Yeah. I'm, like, not a chance. And then the next weekend, we did the Camelton-Miramichi trip. So, we went out and played Camelton. Yeah. And the next night... Uh, play Miramichi and we're driving Miramichi and I always call my dad before every game just to say hello and like I don't know it's almost like a soothing thing he's superstition like, or superstition a little bit yeah and just like my dad was kind of like my rock growing up he's like hey bud go out and have fun like you yeah. know you're you know you'll have a good game just work hard hopefully you and the boys do well kind of thing yeah but he's like he's like have you ever fought he's like you never fought before have you when I was talking to him and I was like no he's like <laughs> Just be ready because what? that's what he said. <laughs> yeah, he's like, just be ready because it was their captain that I hit. Yeah, and he's like, you might have a little bit of action, and I think they're gonna be on you. I said, yeah, I know it's probably gonna be pretty rowdy. So I started that game, and Robbie asked me to fight uh, a guy named Keith Bomba. I think he asked me to fight. Uh, who was the guy? Is the guy he played? He played for Mirashi, and then he ended up playing for Dow. Kind of big guy. He asked me if I, almost all five guys asked me to fight the very first ship. Never fought in my and life. And you picked Robbie? Well, I didn't fight him then. And Robbie came in with those stone brown eyes and this man beard. And I'm this little 170 pound, like clean shave, not even clean shave, like peach fuzz kid. Oh my God. And he was like, let's go, let's go. And I was like, not a chance. Anyway, so we're, we're playing, we're in up, you know, we're getting kicked like seven, one. Yeah. And Robbie asked me to fight every single shift into the third period. He asked me every single shift. And uh, we're losing like 7-1. We're skating up the ice. He comes over and he whacks me. He was like, how about now? How about now? And I didn't say anything. And when I didn't say anything, he got excited. He's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I dropped my gloves. And I just tried to hit him before like his gloves came off. Yeah. And he, he dummied me. It was hilarious. But like, it was mostly in the visor. And like I did okay. And I remember Anton was speaking about this. He was like, it's a terrible feeling before a fight, but the best feeling after the fight, like yeah. when you're fine, like, and I remember like getting to the box, I felt like, I felt like an anvil came off my shoulder. Oh, it's and, the best. And I looked over at Robbie. I was like, Hey buddy, it was my first one. Like, thanks for taking it somewhat easy on me, even though he beat me up pretty good. He's like, Hey man, you did fine. You know, Robbie, he's like, Hey buddy, don't worry about it. You did fine. He goes, I was playing like shit. So thanks a lot for that. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny how all these things happen to Miramichi. I know. They all oh. And it's funny, the games before, things lead up to an aggressive game in Miramichi. When we went there, it was I was on a line with Delosa, and I think, who's the guy that we had? What's his name? And we cut him. Taylor. Taylor. So all three of us were on a line. The game before, I forget where we were playing, we all played like shit. He ended up sitting Delosa. Taylor was still on the first line, and I was on the fourth <laughs> line. So essentially, I go into Miramichi. I'm on the fourth line. Troy looks at me. He goes, you better fucking do something <laughs> So I'm like, oh, great. What does that mean on the fourth line? So I'm going to have to go. I get in there. I forget who I fought. 
Anyways, the it was me. I fought. Rigas fought, and there was three other fights. That I game. remember that game. It was just. It I was, remember that. It was like a Thursday afternoon in Miramichi, yeah. and just a brawl. But the games like that always just Packed happen in Miramichi. Yeah, it's a tiny little rink, but like the fans are insane. Were you there? You were there when Bobby. Yeah, we were talking about that on the podcast two two episodes ago. Oh. The catch up on the peacoat. <laughs> I was right beside Bobby when that happened. Maybe right? you have a better idea of what happened. Like, do oh, you have a... I was right there. So what? So, what happened? So we lost like seven one that game yeah, or whatever it yeah. was, and I felt bad because it was Robbie's first game back in Miramichi as like a former player. So okay. we wanted to play good for himself. So we shit the bed. Yeah. Uh, and the game ended, and me and Robbie, I was sitting by Robbie, I think, and somebody else stood up, and a guy behind us. He goes, hey, boys, thanks for the two points. And he had this thing of fries, but it was like half eaten. But then he had ketchup and mustard all in it. And he goes, thanks for the two points, boys. And he threw it, and it hit like back of Bobby's head. And like ketchup and mustard just went everywhere. And I looked up at him. I was like, uh-oh. And that's one. See, I thought it was something that's else. That's when Bobby I, I, retaliated. I, see, I thought Bobby and him were chirping, and then he threw it. I didn't know Bobby didn't say – I didn't know that. I don't think he did, man. Not, wow. not that I remember. I just remember hearing thanks for the two points, boys, and, and then, then just seeing this thing of fries <laughs> come over my shoulder and hit Bobby. And did you see what Robbie did after that? No. Robbie sprint. You know how it's weird, like the tunnel? Yeah, like, there's the cage at the end. There's the cage at the end. Robbie ran out. I don't think <laughs> Robbie's in med school. I'm gonna tell a story anyway. <laughs> Robbie's in- Robbie like sprints. Yeah. Like down the hallway, and where the fans exit out, there's that door, that cage. Yeah, yeah. And they're all yelling at him. And Robbie's trying to, he's like smashing. Oh, the cage is locked. Yeah, the cage is locked. And Robbie's like (laughs) smashing his stick up against the the cage. He's trying to yell at the guy to come back. And I had to go like, it was wild, man. And then as we left the bus, people were throwing beer bottles at us. That was the one where they threw the beer bottles at us. We're just trying to get out of the mirror machine. Yeah. People throwing. 7-1 loss. Ketchup and fries, beer bottles. And then a a long trip back to Halifax. People don't really, yeah, that's. (laughs) It's another five and a half hour trip back. Oh man, those those memories. There's uh, probably the one of the best times that you could have, and and I think all junior hockey players, even all varsity sports people who are 19 and older who travel, one of the best things that can happen on a road trip is you get snowed in afterward. Yeah. Because it's green light means go right, and then yep. you go to the bar, and yep. I think one of the best nights. I can't remember you were there. We got snowed in in Campbellton. I was there. What are you talking about? Yeah. This was the Marauders. We were playing for the Marauders. We were the Marauders. Then. And you, me. Yeah. Who else uh, was there? Bedecki, Tomsey, Lenny, Tomsey. No, but I'm, I'm trying to say what Troy did. I don't even... We could tell this story. Remember he brought us to the front of the bus? No. You don't remember that? No. <laughs> what, what? Okay, so we're in... Uh, Cam- we're in... Hamilton snowed in. We pull up to the hotel. <laughs> Troy goes, "Hey boys, all the captains and assistant come up here, whatever." He brings us up. Troy gives us like five hundred bucks. Oh yes, you know what? Okay, that? yes, okay. I do remember that now. And he goes, "Go have a night with the boys." It was unreal. And then because before we went out, uh, the owner of the hotel came and bought us like a bunch of rounds. Do you remember that? Right before we I went don't know out, if I remember that. Yeah, so we we're all down. We were like before we went to the the one bar that's in like. Hamilton. Yeah. It was in the hotel. Yeah. It was. Yeah. 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 So we were there and then uh, the owner came up. He's like, boys, like first couple rounds on me. He's like, you know, there's 20 guys there. Yeah. And so he gave us like 40 drinks. It was awesome. But then we ended up going to that little tiny, tiny bar. I don't even really remember it that much, really. I just remember it was freezing. It was like minus yeah, 30. Yeah, the Dixie or something. Yeah. I forget what it was called. So we ran out, drank there, and everyone obviously is a little bit of a mess coming back. 
And this is probably the most vivid memory I have in junior hockey, oddly enough. It's like 3 a.m. The boys are just starting to calm down. I was in a room. It was me, Poppy. It was me, Poppy, and somebody else. Wayner wasn't in my room. Lenny wasn't in my room. Uh, but they were part of the story. And it's like 3 a.m. And I'm like just kind of getting ready to pass out. And when you walked into the room, they had like a bit of a half wall. I don't know why. but What like, do you mean a half? Like it's like, like a wall that kind of Oh, to separate out. like the kitchen area yeah. or something. Yeah. And uh, I'm like just kind of falling asleep. And all I hear is, Kirky, swan, tom, bomb. And I kind of <laughs> open up my eyes and it's Wayne. He's in his boxers. And he's standing on the half wall. And the swan tom bomb is a wrestling move. Where you, you <laughs> jump off and you do a front flip. And you kind of land on your back. But you land on the per- like in the middle of the person. Yeah. I can't remember if it was Jeff Hardy. I can't remember who does that move. But yeah. Wayner goes, swan tom bomb. He does like this wrestling move. It lands like right in the middle of my chest. And you're like, sleeping. <laughs> pretty, much, pretty much dead. Like wake up. And he was like, Karki was a perfectly executed swan tom bomb. Poppy's over there. He's like dying. And then like... I'm like, what is going on? And then Lenny walks in the room, doesn't have, you know, ass naked. And the only thing he has on is my suit jacket. No idea where I got it. And he has this huge dip in, like this huge dip. And he's like, he's slowly buttoning up the jacket. He goes, I'd say it's a perfect fit, boys. And he starts walking around the room, like showing it off. It's it's funny, man. Like you oh, played junior hockey for like four years, and like that's the little stuff that you remember. I'm getting so nostalgic right now. I know. Oh, right? that's hilarious. So I, yeah, I Wayne, rooming with Wayne. I don't think, actually. Wayner wasn't even my roommate. That. Well, that makes it that even better. Trip, He's just in the room. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was an awesome time, man. I I couldn't have been happier that it all kind of panned out. From like we were saying, kind of all started with a phone call to a GM who I didn't know, and it just kind of blossomed. Absolutely, like every single day, you just must have been like appreciative of just like yeah. playing there, like just having and a you great think time. Think about it, man. Like over my three years, like the coaches I had too, like <coughs> Tyler Nogler, he's now great assistant coach. coach for SMU. Bobby McIsaac joined us that year, so Bobby was excellent. Then we had Troy, who's now assistant coach Killing for the it. women's Olympic team. Um, do you remember Stan? Yeah, of course, Stan, Stan uh, Henniger. Yeah, yeah, Stan, Stan. Henniger coached us. By the way, Stan may be. Uh, and I truly believe he might be the most underrated athlete ever to come out of Halifax. Really? He played, well, he played junior hockey. He also played in the American League. And then he also played for SNU football. He was oh, I didn't a, know that. He was a star, like, in university football. And he's in the, I, I think it's the Canada Hall of Fame for uh, softball. What? He is, like, he was a ridiculous athlete. Wow. And I, it, now that you say that, he has the build for it. Yeah. He was just the just the toughest guy in the entire world. And yeah. so like he was he was super tough in hockey and then he obviously that just must have translated it into football. And yeah, he was like my dad was a ball player growing up, yeah. like softball fast pitch, and he said like nobody could even come close to him. Yeah. Do you remember when his old man bust with us to Yarmouth? I do remember that. He sat with me. Did he? Yeah. What did you guys talk and about? We just we talked about softball. That's it? The entire <laughs> the entire time. That's he was like, awesome, oh yeah, man. you know, we, we went down and played those New Brunswick boys, man, they could pitch. That's awesome. Yeah. I love dad stories. Yeah. They got it was, so many. It was awesome, man. That's sick. It, it, it was good. So and just like the coaches that I had. Yeah. And how that kind of translated. And Troy was actually a huge help for me. Getting to Guelph. Getting to Guelph. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so after our last year junior, uh, which was an amazing year, by the way, man. Great time. Me, you, Lenny, Poppy Badecki, Johnny, all those guys. Great time. It was time. just a 
awesome, awesome year. Uh, we got put out in that devastating. Let's not talk about it. Yeah. I'll still think about it. Thank God dudes it. isn't here. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that, you know, our, my junior career ended there and I thought, geez, man, like that's the thing. Like when you're 20 and you probably went through this as well, when you're 20 and you play your last game, you're like, you can't believe that it's over. It's the quickest four years of your life. It is. The quickest it's, four years. It's of unbelievable. Your life. And then you're sitting there and you're like, "Well, I may never play a competitive hockey game again." Yeah. Uh, Troy ended up getting hired for to be the St. Thomas coach. Yeah. That year, so he actually, I went down and uh, visited, visited down there. It was I don't know if you want to call it a recruitment trip, but he actually won an award, so I went up. Oh, did he? Yeah, uh, yeah. I can't remember what the award was for. Uh, no, sorry, it wasn't an award. He was being introduced to the St. Thomas and Fredericton community because he was being hired. Okay, okay. So it was like a little bit of a ceremony introduction. There was press there and stuff. So I went up. Cool. And uh, while I was there, he had another recruit there. I think his name was Travis McIsaac. He was older than us. Okay. And uh, he played for the Rocket, I think. So Troy was trying to get him, trying to recruit him to play for St. Thomas. And it was an awesome night, man. Like, me and him ended up going out in Fredericton. We, we drank with, like, a bunch of the St. Thomas guys. Like, he put us up in hotel room like it was it was an awesome weekend i was a huge nerd though like kind of still am like i woke i woke up at 7 a.m and i was in summer school because like when we played junior it was hard to take five courses a semester definitely so i always did you ever take summer courses spring courses no i couldn't do it couldn't focus <laughs> couldn't do it eh saw sun outside just couldn't, couldn't do it couldn't get the mentality couldn't of it. do it so uh i was in a three-week course so every day that you miss it's almost like a week's worth of work yeah so i woke up like super hungover like and i drove back from fredericton halifax to to go to one 1 p.m class but anyway so when i was up there like troy kind of showed me around showed me the campus and stuff and uh you know it wasn't a guarantee he was gonna keep me around for hockey but yeah. it was a little bit of, of a window i guess yeah uh sounds like your whole career just like there's a little bit of a window yeah that's what it, that's it. what it was man you kind of had to scratch and claw a little bit yeah um but i actually worked a, a sports camp up in ontario uh, called Teen Ranch. Okay. Cool camp, by the way. Uh, if anyone is between the ages of eight and fifteen, it's it's called Teen Ranch. It's on this huge ranch, and it's a horseback riding and hockey camp. Love it. So they have a they have a rank like on site, yeah. and they run this like awesome hockey program, and then they do horseback riding camps as well. That's sick. So I worked there that whole summer, and that's about a half hour away from Guelph. Okay. And uh, well, me being me, you know, I obviously couldn't get couldn't get recruited to play midget triple A. Certainly wasn't get, gonna get recruited to play. <laughs> university so i just made up this email i sent it out to a bunch of coaches yeah and some of them responded like hey sorry like team's full best of luck kind of thing some i didn't even hear back at all but when i got up to ontario the coach the uh coach from guelph was like uh hey ben like how long are you gonna be in town and like that was it <laughs> so i sent an email back i was like hey like i'm here for the summer you know give me a show if you ever want to meet up kind of yeah. thing didn't get back to me for eight weeks and it was so I just thought, oh, well, it's the over. Team's full. Yeah. So I was three days away from going back to Halifax and just carrying on my life, just going back to school at Dow. Wow. And uh, I get an email from him. He was like, "Hey Ben, just wondering if you're still in town. Like, wondering if you'd like to meet up." Eight weeks later. Eight weeks later. Three days before. That's three days before. And were you uh, talking to Troy at all before this? Like you said, he helped no. out. It, you know, wow. Not not it at just the, not happened at this point to be like time. that. So I uh, I. Borrowed someone's no, someone gave me a ride. Never been to Guelph in my life. So she <laughs> swear drove, to God, never been. <laughs> swear to God, never been. Don't know a single person. So I go there and I meet the coach and just for about an hour, hour and a half, he kind of walks around campus. Campus is beautiful in Guelph. Is it? Uh, in the rinks, like right on campus, and uh, 
shows me like the sports complex and the gym and library and does all that kind of stuff. Talks about the team and the program. Kind of talked pretty good talk. And at the very end of it, he goes, "Well, Ben, I'll be honest. Just like the just like the, no just way, like the GM no chat. Swear to God, he goes, Ben, never seen, never saw you play before. So that's amazing. you can come try out." I feel as though you have a pretty good shot at like making the practice roster kind of thing. Um, you know, he seemed like a really nice guy. Yeah, I told him that uh, I was doing kinesiology at Dow, so I could probably transfer into human kinetics. He was like, "Sound like your academics are pretty okay, so you probably have no problem transferring to school. So if you want to come and try, feel free." Wow. So I was like, "Wow, it's a little bit of a crossroads." Did you feel like you're in the NHL again? Did you get Pretty that? Much. Did you get that same feeling? I was feeling? like, "This is it." So, but I was like, "Man, that's a." I, so it was basically like a faith jump. I was like, "Am I really gonna fly here, not knowing, you know, the program or anyone? I don't even know if I'm gonna make the team." Wow. So I flew home, and uh, and in my head, I hadn't heard back from Troy. So I flew home, and I was like, "I don't know what to do." Ended up getting a hold of Troy. Troy was like, "Ben, would you like to come play for St. Thomas?" So I went from nothing to having, I wouldn't call it a, an offer from Guelph, yeah. but having interest from Guelph. And then Troy straight up said, come play. You can come play for me. Problem with that was I'd have to restart all of my schooling because it's an art school. Okay. So Troy being Troy, he just, Troy was always awesome to me. Uh, he was like a huge hockey mentor. Yeah. But, uh, and I was just very honest with him. I said, Troy, like, listen, like I went to Guelph and uh, – the guy gave me a sort of offer, but there's nothing guaranteed, so I could move out there and then not play. And he goes, well, how about this? And this is all Troy Ryan. He, he was like, call him, tell him you got an offer for Stu to put like a little bit of pressure on him and say you can't go unless you have a guaranteed spot, Ooh. just at least on the practice roster. It's kind of smart. At least you're on the roster, right? Yeah. So you're not going to go up <clears throat> and just have nothing there. Yeah. Um, so I said, okay. Uh, and it just felt like the better move with, uh, with, cause I already paid a lot of money for schooling. I like my program kinesiology. Uh, I would have loved to play for Troy. Don't get me wrong, but it just was just a better line where I was in my life. Yeah. So I called the coach and, uh, I kind of explained what was going on and it just like fell perfectly into place. As soon as I said, Stu has a little bit of interest. He was like, Oh, so obviously that meant I, I can obviously play a little bit. That's and so he was like, Ben, to be honest, and this was like this was his like true words. He was like, "We would love for you to come down and be a part of the Griffin family," and I just didn't even know what to say. I said, "Thank you very much," and he's like, "I'll see you in next week." Same phone call. So when when you called and said, "Hey, listen, Stu wants me to play for them," yeah, the same phone call. He says, "Okay, well, we want you yeah. to." Yeah, he said, "Come be a part of the Guelph Griffin family," and I said, and I was just speechless. And never, never did I ever think I was gonna play university hockey. Couldn't even make a major AAA team, right? So what did you do right school. after the phone call? Uh, this is the first time I'm ever going to tell anybody this, uh, hung up the phone and my dad was downstairs, but he was like kind of creeping in on it. And he walked upstairs and, uh, he said, what's going on, but what do you say? And I just kind of hugged him and I just burst out into tears. No. <laughs> and I said, dad, like I'm going to play university hockey. I'm going to play university hockey. And he just kind of went up and gave me a big hug. And that's awesome, man. I, I don't mean to be like too sentimental or anything, no. but like, I honestly never really thought I was going to play university of hockey and. It just kind of, you know, I kind of had to self-promote myself and I, you know, and even with that, like I didn't think I was going to play that much, but just the fact that I kind of reached a, a goal in my life that I wasn't sure if I was going to reach. And it was a pretty special moment with that. 
it's a cool this is a great podcast due to the fact that we started out on you being so nervous to enter a junior a locker yeah. room at a rookie tryout yeah to now yeah that's pretty cool man i yeah. didn't know that so it's yeah it was and everyone's got different roads i guess mine yeah. just happened to kind of pan out the way that it was yeah but yeah so any any athlete out there obviously i'm you know, I'm a school teacher now. I'm not making millions of dollars playing hockey or anything. But just that one phone call allowed me to get a degree. It helped me to meet you, be on this podcast, you know, stand in my buddy's weddings, go go to Guelph for four years, you know, meet some of my best friends I have there, have awesome life experiences there. So just because you don't make it big or just because, you know, you're not like a high-end recruit, like doesn't mean you can't get positive things just from – yeah, trudging away, right? You just one decision away from the rest of your yeah, life. Yeah, you are, and you just kind of take it day by day, and yeah. it's kind of funny how it all panned out. So it was cool. Love it, Clarky. Good, good experience, man. We're coming up on it. Well, we're past an hour here. Oh, we got it. We got it. No, no, that was great. That was <laughs> fine. Um, yeah, I really got nothing else. Unless you want to say, I, we can keep going if you want to keep talking. If you got something else to say, well, I guess I'll just talk about if because Guelph isn't like that well-known school. Yeah, around here, it's like if anyone's ever interested in going there, Plug. go. It is amazing. Yeah. Incredible. I met so many awesome people there. Like my buddies now um, that I roomed with, like I met, like I went there, knew nobody. But then since I played on the hockey team, the guys just kind of took me right in. Like the school is an awesome school community. The school's high academics. Yeah. They have everything that you ever need there. Rinks, like for hockey players anyway, like the, the rinks right there. Yeah. Uh, and I lived with three guys, four guys for two years. And now we're basically brothers and we have a roommate reunion every year. No. So yeah, that's we, do, we do it at, uh, we try and do it either at Christmas in the summertime. So uh, we're kind of all sprinkled around the world. So one guy's in Buffalo, becoming a chiropractor. One guy's in Beijing, cool, running a minor hockey program. Uh, one guy's in Ontario. I'm here. So they've come to Halifax twice. We've so got, you're going to Beijing soon? We're going to try and go to Beijing. Like It's our plan in the next two years to go to Beijing. Cool. And uh, we went to Philadelphia last year. We watched the Philly Flyers play in the afternoon and then the 76ers at night. Then we saw the, uh, the Chili Peppers play. Wow, what a trip. Oh, it was awesome. Did you get a Philly cheesesteak? I did. Are they good? Are they the real deal? Was good. Not great. I'm not like, I would, ra- when you're in Philly, you gotta, yeah, yeah, rock the cheesesteak, right? <laughs> uh, like, I, I loved it, but I couldn't eat like more than one. Like, they're heavy and thick, heavy, greasy. Yeah. All right. Yeah, they're, they're <laughs> big time food. But yeah, like, now we're going to, Bu- like, I'm going to Buffalo and we're going to watch the Bills game and the Sabres game over the Christmas break. And when are you going? Uh, 27th. So I'm going to be the 27th to the first. So we're going to watch Sabres play Saturday night. Who are they playing? Uh, oh my God. Islanders. I can't really remember. I was so excited for the Bills game, to be honest. Yeah. Who are the Bills playing? Uh, Miami. Sick. The Dolphins. And I've never been in the NFL game before, so. Are you going to go to the tailgate in Buffalo? Apparently those are legendary. Bills Mafia. I I was talking to my my other roommates, Ben. His name is Ben. Uh, Ben Holton. We call him Holtzy. And I was like, Holtzy. I want to see someone dive through a picnic table because that's what they do there. Yeah, they Bills fans for some reason just slam each other through like. What's the move Bedecki did on you? The Swan Tom. The Swan Tom. They do that, but on yeah tables. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'm super, super excited about that. And uh, yeah, it's funny now. Like I'm a school teacher now. I teach here in Halifax, and that all started, funny enough, from that one phone call from Guelph, and I went to UMB, got my teaching degree there, and. Now I'm back home teaching. It's it's awesome, man. Are, are your students gonna watch this or listen to this? I don't know. Po- possibly. <laughs> I have uh, I have some because this stuff's huge now, man. So like a lot of students just gen- in general listen to podcasts and yeah. they go and they live stream and yeah. So this is you're diving at the right time, Billy. So I think so. 
Yeah, hundred percent. Oh, maybe give me a couple of high button T-shirts. Maybe I'll sell them at the school. Yeah, we'll get like a little table, a little booth set up, a little, a little, little high button push, a little promo, a little promo action, kind of advertising. Thing. Love it for, for sure. We'll get it set up. Yeah. All right, Clarky. Thanks for coming on, buddy. No worries, buddy. I My pleasure. It. Thanks for having me. No, thanks for coming. We'll get you on uh, when you come back from Buffalo. Yes. We'll get some trip. We'll get some trips. Uh, trip stories. So keep penciling in twice, Buffalo, and then not so bad boat ride. Yes, not so in, bad. We gotta do that in the summer in though. In the summer, hundred percent. Sounds good. All right, everyone listening, once again, thank you very much for tuning in. Make sure to go to all of our social media outlets. I got to do this. Uh, Instagram, SoundCloud, iTunes, Facebook, Instagram. I think I said that already. Whatever. Like, subscribe, comment. You know what to do. Once again, thank you very much. We are out. That's my love in the cup, yeah. Keep it shut, yeah. Got the dogs in the cut, really out balanced, uh. Heard he got talent, uh. Really ecstatic, uh. We're walking backwards, uh. Plenty got wood floors on the cabin. Hit a flight attendant, diamond status. Keep it actress on the addies, David. Looking like Boogie Nights in the 80s. Just do a check, ah. Uh, hit it in cash, hit it in dash, flashy and dance, stack it and fold, 42 acres. Fuckin' my name, told her don't say shit Fuck, 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 Dog, I'm stuck, yeah, filled out drugs, yeah That's my love in the cup, yeah Keep it shut, yeah, got the dogs in the cup, yeah I go live like Kodak, like Kodak Niggas keep down, fuck Zedek, fuck that I kill shit, what's next, what's next? Nick can't stop my flex, can't stop that Tell me put it on her chest, right there She don't even want no check, no check That cardio on me like offset, offset I ain't even get a rap, nigga, I'm set Shit to a check, yeah, yeah I ain't even cash, I ain't even Cash. Fresh that dip, looking like I stepped up out of cash. Out of cash, I'm gonna take my shot. You gon' pass, you gon' pass. My bitch classy and she look just like Cassie, but she nasty. I'm fucked up, stuck, still feel up a cup. Woke up like what the fuck is up? Let's turn up, yeah. Fuck a buzz, yeah. I need drugs, let's turn up, yeah. Keep a torch, yeah. I'm a dog, you a mug, yeah. Get you a check, ah, uh, hit it in cash, yeah. Hit it in dash, yeah. Flashing and dancing, stacking and folding, 42 acres, fucking my neighbor, told her don't say shit. Fuck, 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 fuck,